listening to City Light Vineyard's podcast of our Sunday morning messages. To learn more about City Light, visit us at ourcitylight.org. We hope this message inspires, encourages, and challenges you. Uh, welcome, everybody. My name is Christian. I'm the lead pastor here at City Light. All right, so this is our last week of this series, and we have been talking about getting your life back, and we live in this culture of, of you know, Everything is full to overflowing. So we've been trying to give some real practical. It's been a very practical series. I hope it's been helpful to you. We've got a few people get on our City Light eFam. I know that sounds ridiculous, but you should do it. Um, the, the, it's cool. It's a great way to talk and have community because really the point is to build community. The point isn't just to come here for an hour and 15 minutes on Sunday, right? The point is to build community. So it's a great chance to talk and share. So anyway, we already plugged that. But we've been talking about some practical stuff. We talked about getting rid of distractions. In fact, at the end, I'm going to hand out a card that's going to have a, just a synopsis of all five of the teachings we've given, just so you can kind of continue to mull over it. And as life kind of goes into summer, you can still go back and check it out. Um, we've talked about getting rid of distractions. We've talked about discovering your values and what God is calling you to and what do you really care about. We've talked about organizing and ordering your time around the values that you find to be important, that you feel God's calling you to, instead of just living by default or wasting your time. And last week, we talked about learning how to say no. I hope that was helpful. Anybody say no to anything this week? We got one, two, three. Oh, all right. That's why no one's signing up for anything these days. Okay. I told you, don't apply that in church. So have you, have you ever, though, like been running your life and, and have you ever hit a wall? I don't know, maybe like physically or it, um, mentally, but like you're going, you're going, you're going, and you kind of run yourself ragged. I don't know if you've ever been there. This happened to me a few years ago. Every summer we run this, uh, this camp. It's a, um, a week-long, 24-7 boot camp for teenagers who are um, aspiring to be leaders. And they come from all over the East Coast uh, to here, and we, you'll see them this summer at the end of July. They'll be here for a week. Um, and you'll also have a chance to volunteer. So don't say no to that, okay? Because we're going to need a lot of host homes. Side note, start praying about that. Actually, don't pray about it. Just say yes. That's, the, that's a different teaching. Just say yes. So it, I, I, when we're doing this, there's a couple of us who are kind of on call around the clock for seven days. And you're not really made to work that way. But, you know, we're, we're there at 8 in the morning. We're with them till 1130 or 12 at night. Um, and then sometimes you get to drive them to the emergency room at, emergency room at 2 o'clock. The emergency realm? Whoa. It's terrifying. <laughs> you have entered the emergency realm. Some of you live your lives there, I think. Okay. Emergency room at 2 o'clock in the morning. So, like, it is just, it's a lot. And this one year, <clears throat> man, I just, like, hit a wall. And we, um... Because there's also like, not only am I running the camp, but I'm bringing speakers in from all over, like sometimes all over the country. And so like when they show up, I have to like, you know, like hobnob and stuff and take them out to dinner and then get back in time. And so I like took these one speakers out to dinner and all during dinner, I could feel it. Like you just feel like the fever coming on. I don't know about you, but when I, when I push the envelope too far, I get a fever and I feel like, like I'm going to just die. And so I told Mandy, I was like, I think I just need to go lay down. And what happened is my body eventually forced me to take a break through sickness. And I laid down. I remember I laid down in the office for like an hour and a half. And then I woke up and I was like, yeah, all right. And then I was able to keep going. It was a small little break. But this is, that's just a small picture of, I think, kind of a, the larger scale that sometimes we run our lives and we forget that we're not built to run at 100 miles an hour all day, every day. 
we forget that that's actually a recipe for disaster. And I've been thinking about this series we've been doing. We've been talking about knowing your values and budgeting your time and being intentional. But if you're not careful, you could take a lot of those really great ideas and you could build them into another to-do list or another achievement list and you could just run your, continue to run yourself into the ground. And that's not what I want to do here. In fact, we live in a society that is constantly pushing us. I think our society celebrates workaholism. I had, I had a friend years ago, and every time I would talk to her, I would be like, you know, how you doing, whatever. And she would just list out all the things that were about to happen in her life. Well, you know, I got to do this and this, and then I got this, and 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 I got this. And I'm like, and I'm not exactly sure, like, what is she communicating to me there? Is she trying to tell me that she's, is she happy? Like, she didn't seem happy. Did you ever have that conversation with someone? You're like, what's going on? How are you doing? I'm busy. Okay. I don't know if that's a feeling. That's just more like a statement of fact. Like, how do you feel about that? I mean, I've never heard someone be like, I love it. I'm busy, you know? But we celebrate this workaholism. We celebrate the people who, like, do you ever read articles about, like, leaders or people who are getting ahead in the world and, like, you know, oh, you know, he only sleeps, like, three hours a year, you know, like, those kind of crazy things that you read about. I was listening to an interesting podcast yesterday, and they were talking about how before the invention of electricity, people would sleep 11 hours a night. And that's why when you read about the old, like, men and women of God who would get up at four o'clock in the morning and pray, they were just like done sleeping, right? I don't think that you need to really give them any credit or feel guilty about it. They'd already been in bed since seven. They're fine, okay? But we've, you know, we, technology, do you remember, I don't know if, if you're old enough to remember, like before iPhones and stuff like that, we used to talk about someday we'll have this pocket computer and it'll, we'll, we'll get a whole day back and the work week will become four days. Did you know this? That was like the theory. How'd that work for us? Now you're always on. You can't, like, you can't get away from work. I, remember, I can remember my dad having a job, and when he came home from work, he was home. And he, like, that was it. And then like, slowly, I remember he brought home this giant you know, computer and put it upstairs. You know? <clears throat> and then that's when it began. And now like... You could talk to me right now, literally while I'm, you could, you could text me. You could distract me if you wanted to. You could call my phone, maybe make sure it's on by, yeah, it's okay. You, you can be in bed. You can be in bed at like one o'clock in the morning. Have you ever gotten an alert that woke you up and then you struggled to go back to sleep? I mean, this is the world we live in. Have you ever checked email? Sometimes I'll see an email come in and I'll have a feeling that it might hit me the wrong way emotionally and I'll be like, no. I'm waiting until Monday to read that. Have you ever done that? I'm not letting that ruin my day off. It's usually when Josh emails me. <laughs> I have a filter for when Josh emails me. They just go to a side folder. <clears throat> <Everyone does>. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're running ourselves into the ground. I think we're le- living at a breakneck pace. You got to get more done. You got to fill your time. You got to get ahead. And I want to talk about one of the least exciting words ever. We'll talk about rest. So as I was preparing for this, there's this Old Testament prophecy. In the book of Jeremiah, Jeremiah was a prophet. He was also a bullfrog. It's amazing. God can speak through anybody. See? 
<laughs> Just welcome to my brain. Like, that's how, that's how my brain works right there. I have very little control. I want you to just read this with me. This is what the Lord says. Imagine if, if God said this today. I feel like he could say the exact same thing today. Stand at the crossroads and look. Some of us are at a crossroads right now. You could just keep pushing that gas pedal at 1,000 miles an hour in your life. You could just keep trying to do more and do more and do more and suck more out of life. And I just want to ask you, like, do you know that our culture with all of our in, uh, technology and all of our ability to multitask, do you know that we have higher rates of anxiety and depression and suicide now than we ever have? Where do you think the anxiety comes from, guys? It's because you're never off. You're never on break. And it's just piling on. Anxiety, it's piling on. Then depression, I can't get it all done. I can't meet up. I think we stand at a crossroads. And he says, ask for the ancient paths. And what I'm going to tell you today is not something that's new and somebody just came up with, as if anything like that even exists, right? But this is old. We're going to talk about something thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of years old, even as old as the beginning of time. And I want you to ask yourself while I'm talking, where's the good way? There's a better way to live our lives. And you can find rest for your souls. This last part is not going to be you. Okay? Don't be stubborn. I'm going to propose something today, okay? But in order for me to really get the message across, I needed Andy Bernard's help. Are you familiar with who Andy Bernard is? Some people say I look like him. I disagree. But when I shave my hair really short, sometimes maybe a little. So Andy is going to introduce the main point for today. And I'm just going to let you know Sometimes I have cheesy main points, and then there's today. I'm taking it to a whole other level, and I am not even a little bit ashamed. All right, so you're ready to embrace the cheese with me today? It, you'll remember it at the very least. All right, here goes Andy. Give me a break. Give me a break. Break me off a piece of that. I am totally blanking. What is the thing? Break Nobody tell him. What? No, Why? You got it. You're so close. Break me off a piece of that. Applesauce. Break me off a piece of that applesauce. I don't think that. Piece of that Chrysler car. Nope. Football cream. Okay. (laughs) It's football cream. It's football cream. All right, so. Break me off a piece of that lumber tar. Snickers bar. Okay. Wow, wow, this looks uh, terrible. Break me off a piece of that great... Andy, Andy, this is a pivotal scene in the ad. Claude Van Damme. Hair for men. Poison gas. Ultra sweet. It's got to rhyme with peace. Fancy feast. Break me off a piece of that fancy feast. It's a cat food. Nailed it. All right, all together... There you go. Break me off a piece of that Kit Kat bar. I have Kit Kat bars for everybody. You get a Kit Kat bar, and you get a Kit Kat bar. Come on, get him out there. Can I have a Kit Kat bar? No, I guess I don't get one. Mark, I don't get a Kit Kat bar? Thank you, Trisha. Everybody gets a Kit Kat bar. You will remember this. So, here is the cheesiest one-line main point you've ever heard. 
give yourself a break before you break yourself. Ah, see what I did there? Ted, is that moan worthy? (laughs) Not yet? (laughs) Nothing is with you, Ted. That's why I love you so much. (laughs) Give yourself a break before you break yourself. We need to learn this, and you are going to enjoy this kick-up bar, and you're going to sing that song all day, and you're going to hate me for it. (laughs) Fancy feast. What kind of pastor eats the kick-up bar while he's talking? This kind. All right. We're going to talk about taking breaks. We're not good at this. In fact, I think we look down on this. I'm just going to come out and say it. Josh naps all the time. I judge him hardcore for it. I'm just going to say I'm just going to call you out right now. <laughs> Nothing better than a nap. There's actually scientific proof if you keep it under 20 minutes. All right, 25 for you. That's good. Well, you're an expert, an expert napper. We're going to talk about giving yourself a break because I really think, like, we know this about everything else in life. What do you do every three months with your car? You change the oil, right? You don't just drive it. I didn't know that when I was a teenager. I just drove it because my dad did all that stuff. Kind of like laundry with my mom. I didn't know how laundry got clean, but it just was magic. Right? With my car, I just thought you drove it and drove it and drove it. And then when I got older, my mechanic was like, dude, you haven't gotten an oil change in like eight months. You're going to kill your car. Really? I didn't know that. Just kidding. My dad told me. He's here. I like, I told him that. <laughs> you can't drive your car into the ground. Right? You have to change your filter and your water. If you have water filtration, you can't just use one filter for the rest of your life. Eventually, what happens to your water? Do any of you know anything? This is the stupidest crowd ever. It becomes brown. You need to change the filter on your. They're like, kick cut bar. They're hoping there's more. Hey, quiet down, first row. (laughs) You don't do this. You don't do this with sleep. You know that you have to sleep. It's built into your physiology, your body. There's so many studies that show that you perform better with the right amount of sleep just in life. Your, your brain functions better. Your emotions are more stable, right? If, you, if you're struggling with anxiety and depression, you go to a counselor, they're going to tell you to eat well, exercise, and sleep well, right? And other things. We need breaks, but when it comes to work, we don't believe this is true, And I want to just press this pedal. See, you are not an infinite resource. And we believe we are. We believe the lie that we're God and that we can do it all and be it all for everybody. And we can do that. We can do it for our kids and we can do it for our spouse and we can do it for our job. We can do it for our side job. We can do it for our church. You know, YOLO, right? Real close to my favorite candy, Rolo. You only live once, so you might as well go for it, right? You might as well just like spend it all. And I believe that. I believe in giving my all. Listen to me. I am an extremely driven person. I want to get as much done for the kingdom of God as I possibly can in the short amount of time that I have in this life. And I believe that with all my heart. And I believe that resting regularly is the key to getting more done in my life. I I had a, a, a class that I was in one time and the pastor was talking about scheduling. It was a really exciting class. And he said he would, he, he took every Monday off and he, this person called him one time with an emergency on Monday. And they were like, well, you know, you have to come. My daughter's at the, and he said, he said no. And they got mad at him because he had, he was golfing. 
And he said, listen, I'll come if you want me to be your pastor for the next three years. Or I'll go golfing and I'll come the next day and I'll be your pastor for the next 30 years. And it was a really like, I've remembered it my whole life. Like that was so pivotal. It was, it makes so much sense. You are not an infinite resource. You can't keep spending. You'll eventually burn out. I mean, why do you think there's marriages that are blowing up? Or parent-child relationships that are distant? What if we took more time to intentionally invest in those things? So here's this thing that Jesus said. Jesus was getting attacked by some people who were disagreeing with how he was living his life with his disciples. He was actually eating some food on the Sabbath that he wasn't supposed to be eating. Side note, for those of you who haven't been in church your whole life, what this thing is a Jewish custom where they didn't work the seventh day. Because when, when God gave them the Ten Commandments, he said, you'll work six days and you'll rest the seventh day. Because when God created the earth, he worked six days and he rested the seventh day. And you're not better than God. That's basically it. And what they did is they turned the Sabbath into this burden. And what, what God intended the Sabbath to be was like a gift. Can you imagine getting hired by somebody and, and that you were like, okay, so Monday to Friday, I'm here, like, you know, six to five. And they're like, oh, no, no, here, we give you Fridays off, but we still pay you. Wouldn't you be like, yes, you wouldn't be like, oh, man, that's a lot to ask, right? That's what God is doing. God's saying, work six days, take one day off, don't work. But they turned it into work. They said, well, wait, you can't walk, you can't walk more than 35 steps. I mean, seriously, they got crazy. And so Jesus came along and he said, listen, the Sabbath was made for you. You weren't made to carry the Sabbath around like a burden. And see, I think a lot of Christians want to get out of this. They want to say, oh, the Sabbath is Old Testament. Although I would challenge you to go read the Ten Commandments and find another one that you would like to cross out. But anyway, that's a side note. You're like the whole murder one. I don't think that's for today either. Okay. Stealing, nah. Um, Sorry. The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. The whole point of Sabbath was it was for us. We get it backwards all the time. We think God wants stuff from us so much. Yeah, he wants me to do this and he wants me to not do this. And meh, 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 right? And that he, like, we, he's trying to pull stuff out of us. Or, and really, Jesus is just like, listen, I want this for you. I know that you need this. Just like the car needs oil. And just like... You shouldn't put the wrong gasoline into the weed whacker, which I did this week. This is really bad. Like, you need to know what you're doing. God's saying, this is how you, I built you. I know how you work. You need, the Sabbath wasn't made for you. You were made to enjoy a day of no work, to rest so that you can work. God's not against work. I actually think God invented work. Because work brings us meaning. Work makes us feel accomplished. Work stretches us and uses our gifts and talents. But you're going to burn yourself out if you worship work. If you make work the thing that you only do. So he said the Sabbath was made for you. It was made for you. I gave you this day. I, was, I woke up this morning and I was in the shower. I didn't wake up in the shower. There was some time between those two things. Wouldn't that be awesome? It's like the Jetsons. It was Anybody? Jetsons? Any fans? Oh, look at that. We should have like a Jetsons Facebook club. That's awesome. All right. What was I talking about? Oh, yeah, I was in the shower. And, and, and this verse just came to me. This is the day. It's like an old verse I memorized when I was a little kid. But this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. 
It's like, yeah, that's the Sabbath. The Sabbath isn't like, man, all those religious churches always trying to make me do things like take breaks, you know, have fun. I hate this church. Do we have kids in here today? Oh my gosh, it's my kid. How can I say this? So do you know in, in, in the Old Testament, you would get like brownie points with rabbis if on the Sabbath married couples hung out together. It's a true story. Just for like, you know, like Netflix. And then chill. Okay, so Jesus, Jesus doesn't call us on mission. Jesus doesn't call us on mission only. He calls us to be healthy and whole on mission. He wants you to, to, to succeed. He wants you to end well. He doesn't want you to burn out. He doesn't want your marriage to fall apart. He doesn't want your kids to hate you. He doesn't want you to hate your job and hate your life. He doesn't want you to get sick and be anxious and depressed. He wants you whole and healthy on mission. This is the invitation of, now listen, I, I, the word Sabbath might turn you off. I'm just going to call it like a break. We're taking a break. Stop day is literally what the word stab, Sabbath means. If you want to call it stop day, is that easier? Cease day. It's the day you stop. You go for six, you stop on seven. It's like the old game you used to play when you were a kid, red light, green light. The Sabbath is red light. And you're, when you take that stop day, and by the way, I'm not going to get, I'm not going to tell you when to do it, or I might tell you some ideas to do it, and I'll tell you how I do it, but you, I'm going to challenge you to figure this out for yourself. I'm going to challenge you to take a day off every week, but this is the invitation that Jesus gives you. Listen, he says, come to me. I'm actually going to argue that we need to stop every day, once a day, and stop every week, once a week. That we need to just stop. I don't care how long it's for. I don't care if it's for five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, three minutes every day, and for whatever you want to call once a week. I do 24 hours, but you can do it differently. He's saying, come to me. We need to stop and come to Jesus. It's an invitation. Jesus is waiting for you right now. He's waiting for you tomorrow. He wants to have a relationship with you more than you want to have a relationship with him. He wants to love you more than you want to love him, more than you even know that you need to be loved. He wants to encourage you. He knows what he's going to say even before you get there. He also knows what you're going to say. Come to me. It's not just an invitation to rest. It's like, what's well, it's a waste of time. It's such a waste of time. No, this is a building time. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden. This is like everybody, right? And I will give you rest. Come to me. Let me be the place that you go. See, sometimes the only way we rest is by escaping. And that's not rest. Right? We escape. You know, I don't have to tell you how you escape. We all do it. We're not talking about escaping. We're talking about intentionally coming to the source of all life and comfort and strength. He says, take my yoke upon me. That's just an old, an old word for, a, um, it was the thing that would bound two oxen or two horses together to do a job together. And he says, listen, let's walk this together. This is going to link you and me. So let me partner with you. Come to me and take my yoke. Stop, stop trying to do everything your way. I have, I have a path for you. I have a way for you, right? Learn from me. I'm gentle. I'm lowly. I'm humble. You'll find rest for your souls. I have this friend, he's, he's an older friend, and he asks the question a lot when I hang out with him, how is your soul? <laughs> he's like, how is your soul? He's got a really deep voice, big gray beard. 
His name's Big Greybeard. It's his name. <laughs> Just kidding. He says, how is your soul? How's your soul? What is how you're living your life doing to your soul? <laughs> is it making you feel gratitude? Are you feeling depths of love and Like, do you think about your life and you're just, thank you, God. When you go to bed at night, are you, like, satisfied? Are you stressed? Are you worried? Did you not get enough done? Are you thinking about tomorrow? See, there's just a different reality that Jesus invites us into. We need to build rhythms of rest or we will run ourselves ragged. If you don't intentionally build these into your life, they're not going to happen until you get sick. Right? Okay. Fancy feast. All right. Let's remember, give yourself a break before you break yourself. So here's what my goal for you. I, 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 this is what I do with my life. I'm just going to tell you, like preparing for this teaching, I just thought, you know, this isn't like, this isn't rock and science. This isn't like, wow, like that was so, I've never heard of that. I mean, this is pretty simple, but I think it's actually, it's hard to do. So this is what I try to do, you know, when, when the disciples asked Jesus, teach us how to pray, he did the famous Lord's Prayer, which most people have heard. Even if you haven't grown up in the church, you know, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Give us this day our daily bread. There's this strain throughout the whole entire Bible from beginning to end of this idea of a daily connection with God. So I stop once a day. I try to. I take a, a time alone with God. For me, the morning is the right time. Okay? I work from home. Once the kids are out, I can have some quiet and I just have some time with God to, to connect, for my soul to breathe, for my heart to, to hear God, for, for me to be able to pray and talk about the things that are going on in my life and I, and I do that. And then I stop once a week. And I, and I really try to do this. Mandy and I have tried to do this our whole marriage. It's not, it's not always perfect and we don't always get it right. But for me, what stopping looks like is this. I try... I, you know, I work on Sundays. So for you, Sunday might be great because you start off the day worshiping and in community. Those are both great things to do with your day off. Right? But I, I take Friday night to Saturday night. So I try to stop working around five or six o'clock on Friday and I try to not start working again until Saturday around that same time. Sometimes I don't pull that off. And I define working as things that make money for me. You know, so I, I like enjoy mowing my lawns, so but I, I let myself do that. I enjoy exercising, so I, I do that. But I, I do try to stay away from stuff that's like, that's onerous, that's burdensome. I'm reading a book right now called uh, Sacred Rhythms, and it's challenging me that actually I'm not, I'm actually not getting as much as I could be getting out of that day off. That there's more. Oh, sorry. That you can, the point of this day is to, to delight in God, to delight in each other, and to rest to find enjoyment, community, and rest. What if you just, I know some of you are like, (laughs) you're crazy. You don't know my schedule. You don't know our family. You don't have little kids anymore. I get it. Manny and I did this when we had a six-year-old, four-year-old, and two-year-old. It looks different in different seasons of your life. You just need to figure out what would it look like. It probably looks like getting off your devices, putting your laptop away for a day. It probably looks like going for a hike with your family or watching a movie or going out to dinner, you know? It probably looks like not whoever the chef is in the family, not having that person cook unless they just really love it, you know? 
And so you have to order your life around this. You, have, you can't just, it's not like, oh, right? You have to get everything else done on other days. It's, it brings order and balance. So here's, here's some things that studies show taking regular breaks. This is secular, this is not from the Bible, okay? This is a, um, an article that I read. These are all the things it does. Taking regular breaks in your work week reduces stress, gives you a chance to move, um, uh, reduces heart disease, boosts your immune system, you'll sleep better, you'll live longer, you have more mental energy, be more creative, be more productive, focus better at work. All of that's counterintuitive, isn't it? If you do less, you'll do more. It improves your short-term memory. You'll actually enjoy your job and you'll enjoy playing more. You'll enjoy both sides of life. This is from another article. Rest is an essential component. It's actually from a book. Why you get more done when you work less. Rest is an essential component of working well and working smart. There's fascinating research that shows how rest helps us to think, innovate, and increase our productivity. This isn't just like, remember we talked about you're standing at a crossroads. Let's look to the ancient path. Let's choose the way that's good and walk in it. This is an ancient path, but it's a good path. See, we're human beings. I know when you read that, it looks like human doings. Both ways are true. We are neither human doings or human doings. But that's, I'm trying to say doings. Okay. I should have just not done that slide. But for real. We, we, (laughs) Levi, you got to stop laughing. I can't look at you. I got to look over here. Okay. We're not human. Do do you get it? Okay. You define so much of your life by what you do. Do you ever just be? Do you ever just like intention? Like, have you ever accidentally woken up with nothing to do? How does that feel? Wait a second. You don't have anything and I don't have anything? We better figure out something to do. That's usually what you do, right? What if we slept in? What if we just drank coffee out on the deck? What if we didn't get out of our PJs right away and we just like cuddled on the couch with our kids? What if I went for a walk? You know, if you're single, what if you got up and you went for a walk? What if you called a friend instead of getting more stuff done? So how can you do this? How you can do this is you just try it. I'm going to challenge you to do it this week. Take one day off. I'm going to challenge you, just try it once. If you've never done it, just try it once. Try the stop once a day, stop once a week. Just try it once and see what happens. Order your week around it. Decide what counts and what doesn't count. I'm not getting religious on you, right? Some people, they, they won't want to even shop on their day off. So like get all your shopping, all your chores done. Just go for it as much as you want to go for it. Here are some things that I think why this is good for you, okay? And then we're going to close. It breaks our dependency on ourselves. It reminds you that God's in charge. To be honest, if you take a day and don't work, it reminds you that you're not the big shot. You just keep working and working and working. You think it's all on you. We've got this house because of me. We got this car because of me. We got... It just reminds you, no, I'm trusting God, not myself. It breaks the illusion that you're limitless. Like we talked about, you're a finite resource. Can I read you a really long quote? This is I, I'm admittedly very long, but it's just so poignant. Just try to read this with me. There are limits to my capacities relationally, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. There's limits. I'm not God. God is the one who can be all things to all people. God is the one who can be in two places at once. God is the one who never sleeps. I am not. This is pretty basic stuff, but many of us live as though we don't know it. 
If we dig down a little deeper, we may see that our unwillingness to practice Sabbath is really an unwillingness to live within the limits of our humanity and to honor our finiteness. We cling to some sense that we are indispensable and that the world cannot go on without us for even a day. Or we feel that certain tasks and activities are more significant than the delights that God is wanting to share with us. This is a grandiosity that we indulge to our own peril. I think it's challenging. What, what I hear in there is pride <laughs> for me. I think I can handle not resting, and I think I'm that important. It breaks us of our materialism, especially if you don't shop that day. Um, it breaks us of the illusion that we must be working for things to go well. It restores order and balance. You ever feel out of balance in life? Stopping is a great way to get your balance. It's true in all areas of life. Right? If you're like running down a hill and you start to lose your balance, what do you do? You stop. Like, you, this, that's life. Sometimes you just need to stop. And see, when you build it as a regular rhythm, it just becomes something you look forward to. I can get through Wednesday because I know Saturday I'm stopping. I have to order my time around it. And it's sacrificial. It's definitely, it's not easy. And can I just share with you this? It's not a burden. So this is a good, this is a good little story. Um, it's a good little story. That's so weird. Uh, worship team, come up. I, this week, like I, I was, I'm preaching on this, right? And it's, and it's coming up to 3.30 on Friday. And I've got like an hour and a half, two hours of work left to really be prepared for Sunday. And Eden has a horseback riding lesson that got rescheduled, rescheduled so it's Friday at 4, which is not a time I would have normally liked it because Friday is kind of like I'm finishing everything up. I really like to have the afternoon to myself. And she really wanted me to take her. And so the Sabbath was made for man. And so I thought about it for a while and I thought, okay, even though I'm teaching on this, I'm going to stop working now and take her. And tomorrow morning before everyone's up, I'm going to get up and I'm going to finish this work. And I know that's like breaking my Sabbath a little bit, but the Sabbath was made for me. And I decided that what was really going to bring life to us was to do that. Does that make sense? This is where it doesn't become religious obligation. It's a gift that Jesus is giving me. And so it was a little bit smaller than normal for me, but I felt like it was the right decision to make before God. So don't take this and make it a rule. Have grace with it. But this is a gift that God's offering you. Why would you not do this? Like, what are the good arguments for not taking breaks? Try it. One whole day a week. It reconnects you to God and love. Worship should be a part of your Sabbath. Community should be a part of your Sabbath. Friendship and time with your family. It reconnects us to what's important to us. It gives you time to, like, breathe and think. And I kind of already said that, right? Okay. It's a great quote by a famous preacher. The bow cannot be always bent without fear of breaking. Repose is as needful to the mind as sleep is to the body. Rest time is not waste time. It is economy to gather fresh strength. It is wisdom to take occasional furlough. In the long run, we shall do more by sometimes or occasionally doing less. So take your kick-up bar home with you or the trash. And remember to give yourself a break. Okay, let's stand together. At City Light, we always end with a response time so that you're not just racing out of here. We're going to sing a song. Uh, they're going to hand out the cards. Cards are going to come around with just a reminder from each teaching in the series. So those will be coming around. 
while we're singing, we have, we're gonna have some people head over to that wall to pray for you. If you'd like prayer for healing, if you're feeling sick physically or you're in pain or emotional pain and you want prayer, God is a healing God. And we pray together. If you're feeling run down or there's things from this series that are sticking in your heart that you need prayer for, or if really anything's going on in your life, don't just run past this opportunity to get prayer. It's like a golden opportunity. It's gonna be so, so non-threatening and easy. They're just gonna ask you how you're doing. They're gonna pray for you. So head on over there. If you'd like prayer, we're gonna sing this song and then I'll come back up and we'll close. God, we thank you that you are faithful to meet us when we ask. God, thank you for this series of getting our lives back. I pray that we would all be able to take at least one practical thing out of it to, to live more intentionally, to live more authentically, God, to live a more healthy and full life, God. While we're standing here with our eyes closed, if, you, if there's anybody here who has never made the decision to say yes to Jesus for the first time, to say, yes, I wanna, I wanna be a follower of Jesus, I wanna make that commitment, or, or maybe you've been out of church for a while or whatever, you're here today and you're like, yes, I need to recommit to that. I feel like something's just connecting with my heart today in a way that it hasn't before and I want to recommit. I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand. You're not going to be asked to do anything other than that, but if you just raise your hand, that's you. You just want to make a commitment. God is moving in your heart. He's stirring in your heart. He's calling you to, to begin this adventure beyond religion. It's a relationship where God is giving you this opportunity. Just raise your hand. If you raise your hand, just pray this prayer with me. You don't have to pray it out loud. You can do it in your, in your head and everyone's welcome to pray it with me if they want. Jesus, I thank you that you love me. I thank you that your salvation is something I can't earn. I thank you for accepting me and I want to be a follower of Jesus. Amen. So if you prayed that prayer, there's a card on the table out there that you can says, I raised my hand. And just fill that out. I'd love to connect with you. For the rest of us, if you're new here today, don't forget to drop your card up at the table so that we can connect with you and you can grab a, a prize or a gift. Um, if you want to stay for the class, it's going to be really exciting. Um, that's in room 122. We'll be starting um, around 1135. So, uh, and the rest of you have a great Memorial Day weekend. We'll see you next week.